Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hi, guys. I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me on this Friday. We've got a weekend in front of us, and we're all very excited about that. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on my Instagram account for news about me and the show and photos and all kinds of fun at Monica Crowley underscore. That's my Insta account at Monica Crowley underscore and on Twitter at Monica Crowley and on Truth Social at Monica Crowley. I posted a truth yesterday because guess who's back? President Trump. President Trump is back on social media on his own platform Truth Social, and he posted a hilarious truth. That's their version of tweet. It's a hilarious picture of him outside Mar-a-Lago with his phone in his hand, and he wrote, I'm back, and then the hashtag was that crazy made-up word that he tweeted when he was president, Kofefe. Hilarious. So everybody jump on Truth Social. If you've got an Apple uh, device, you can now get on very easily and they're working on Android and and everything else. So pretty soon everybody is going to be up on Truth Social. So again, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, Twitter at Monica Crowley, Truth Social at Monica Crowley. I truthed at him yesterday and I said, welcome back, Mr. President. So happy to have you back. All right. Also, send me an email about this podcast. The email address is Podcast at gmail.com. 
monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. I am getting a ton of your emails. We usually go to the email bag at the end of the show, so keep those emails coming. I look at them all. All right, today I want to cover the fraud of the 2020 election. I've gotten a ton of emails from you guys about this, and we've had David Bossy on. We've talked about uh, the 2020 election and the fraud that went down, because you can't think about this year's election or 2024 until you fix 2020. And I know it's politically incorrect, and Trump is out there beating the drum every day, and good for him for doing that. Um, But uh, we've got to delve even further into this because there's so many aspects to the fraud and what happened that, of course, we're going to hear about this. Nothing stays buried in history forever. So we've got different aspects of the fraud emerging. And today I want to cover an aspect of it by having a very important conversation with the one and only Dinesh D'Souza. He's got a new documentary out next week. It's called 2000 Mules. And it's about the criminal conspiracy they uncovered involving vote trafficking in the critical swing states in the 2020 election. This is going to blow your mind. It is different from what uh, David Bossie and Molly Hemingway identified in terms of Mark Zuckerberg's half a billion dollars that went into these critical swing states. This is different than that. It's vote trafficking, but it's also a little bit related to that. It's going to just blow your mind, and you absolutely need to hear this conversation and see the movie, so stay tuned for that. Also, the Biden economy is sucking salt. I want to get into that, and of course, the email bag of goodies on this Friday. But first, the Monica Memo. Let's recap the past week, shall we? Elon Musk is buying Twitter. CNN Plus is shutting down, and Disney is being brought to heel. Not a good week to be woke. But before you celebrate, you didn't really think that the regime would just let you have your free speech back now, did you? Of course not. Two days after Elon Musk reached that deal to buy Twitter this week, the Biden administration announced that they were creating what they call a disinformation governance board, or in George Orwell's phrasing, a ministry of truth to, quote, counter misinformation, which, of course, is going to be a ministry of lies. I recommend to everybody to reread, because I'm sure you probably read this if if you went to school uh, back in a day where they were actually educating us. I am sure that you have read 1984 and Animal Farm by George Orwell and Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. And I recommend that you go back and read all three of those books. A couple of summers ago, I did that, and it it blew my mind. Go back and read Animal Farm. It's like a short read. You can do it in like two hours or something. It's, it's a metaphor, and 1984 is a more intense novel. So is Brave New World. But bo- all three of these books are worth your time now to go back and read what they were predicting the future might be if those of us who are soldiers for freedom and liberty did not stand up and fight back against these tyrannical totalitarian impulses. What you need to know about Orwell, because people are talking a lot about it, Ministry of Truth and so on, 
what you need to know about Orwell, Animal Farm and 1984, he wrote because he saw firsthand the dictatorships of Nazi Germany and uh, the Soviet Union totalitarian communism. So both of those books, Animal Farm and 1984, are, and, and he has said this, they are, um, they are reflections of what he witnessed in terms of totalitarian control um, by Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. So fascism and communism. And the mixture of both is sort of what we're starting to see now. We're starting to see a hybrid of fascism and communism happening here in the West and certainly here in the United States. So that being said, now that you have the context of what Orwell was warning about, because he saw it with his own eyes, he's warning, he was warning the West uh, with these novels. He was warning them that this could come down the pike unless we are constantly vigilant and push back. So the Biden administration, though, has decided to go full Orwell, never go full Orwell. They decided to go full Orwell. And interestingly and tellingly, they decided to house this Ministry of Lies in the Department of Homeland Security, which is, again, by definition, responsible for keeping the homeland safe from domestic and foreign and terrorist threats. So DHS is one, along with the Pentagon, is one uh, government agency that actually has weapons, buys bullets by the barrel, and can push back with the use of violence. Again, the Pentagon is one. You have police departments that also have a monopoly on the use of force, government force, and DHS is the other. So note that they did not put this Ministry of Lies in the Department of Education or um, the EPA, right? Because those government entities don't have a monopoly on the use of government force, but DHS certainly does. And that's why they put it there. To understand that the danger that this represents, this isn't just some academic exercise or some, you know, uh, left-wing fun and games kind of thing. This is a very serious and dangerous situation. DHS uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas took time out of his busy schedule this week of not enforcing the border uh, to field some questions about this ministry of lies. And he said that they, DHS was establishing it with two folks at DHS as co-chairs. And he said, quote, the goal is to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. What is the threat? Well, what do we talk about on this show all the time? It is thought criminality, independent thought, God forbid, because that's a big threat to any totalitarian regime. So they appointed a woman named Nina Jankovic to serve as uh, the board's executive director. She is formerly a disinformation fellow at the Woodrow Wilson Center, which is a far-left organization as well. So Ms. Jankovic is a far-left zealot who has spread communist propaganda everywhere, 
She's been a purveyor of the Russia hoax. She has said Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. She has lied all over the place. Plus, she's a total loon. Here she is singing a little ditty about disinformation. Roll it. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little lie, little lie. It's how you hide a little lie, little lie. It's how you hide a little lie, little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared bad intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh. So our new Minister of Truth is a frustrated American Idol contestant. I wish I were making this up, but that is actually her singing a little tune as an audition for something. I guess an audition to head up this Ministry of Lies. I guess that's exactly what she was doing, and she won because she is now the executive director of this. I must say that they cast this Minister of Lies perfectly. She is exactly who you think she would be. She is out of central casting for this job. Take a look at her. She's everywhere now on social media. Every dictatorship has a propaganda arm. This ministry of lies is ours. You have to understand in in Orwell's terminology, everything is in reverse. It's all a mirror image. So the ministry of truth is the ministry of lies. It's government control over the flow of information. It's government control over the narrative. Because when you have that control, then you can control outcomes and therefore you can control people. And that's what all of this is about. So, you know, war is peace. Peace is war. All of that in Orwell, again, I encourage you to go back and read Animal Farm 1984 and Brave New World because all of it is right there. It's all right there. They always tell us what they are doing or what they have planned, always. In fact, Mrs. Clinton this week popped up and she warned about fascism on the rise in America, fascism. Again, they tell you, they always signal to you what they have planned. Think about uh, Adolf Hitler when he was sitting in prison in the early 1930s and he wrote Mein Kampf. It was all there. World domination, the extermination of the Jews. It was all there. They always tell you they're not too bright, (laughs) okay? They're evil, and they're vicious, and they're brutal, but they're not too bright. They always signal to you exactly what they're going to do. So every dictatorship um, has a propaganda arm. This ministry of lies is going to be ours. And every dictatorship also has a gulag, a place to exile thought criminals and independent thinkers. This is going to be America's digital gulag. Because remember, the the objective, one of the many objectives of the new American dictatorship is going to be a CCP-style social credit system. And that's what this Ministry of Lies is going to help to accelerate. 
They want that CCP-style social credit system to track and punish those deemed guilty of thought crimes, meaning this podcast, and everybody who listens to it. So they are going to use this arbitrary, like all dictatorships do, an arbitrary metric of what are thought crimes? Are you guilty of going against the regime in some other way? Are you an independent thinker? And they're going to use this as leverage to come against all of us. This is full Orwell come to life. It also prompts the question, where are the Republicans? I've heard some, like Jim Jordan and and Ted Cruz and maybe a few others, pushing back on this. But where are they? This is the most dangerous development for freedom maybe ever in the history of the country. I'm not talking about the Civil War, which was an existential threat to the, to, to the very fabric of, of a unified United States. I'm talking about that this is the most dangerous development for the First Amendment, which is the backbone of American freedom. I think this might be the most dangerous development we have ever seen. And yet we've got a Republican Party that claims to champion uh, freedom and claims to be warriors fighting back on all of this. But where are they? They're awfully quiet. You've got to defund this thing. Defund it. And I know they're in the minority, but they've got to pull every string that they can to defund this ministry of lies. We cannot allow this to take root. We cannot. And if a Republican will not stand up and fight back like Marjorie Taylor Greene, God bless her, she's doing it. A few others are standing up, but we where, where's the rest of them? They should be screaming. They should be taking the bull by the horn like Ron DeSantis does in the state of Florida. Where are the rest of them? I mean, you have Donald Trump and you've got Ron DeSantis and Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You got a few others out there pushing back, but where's the rest of them? Don't tell me that they're all wimps. I guess they are. This is the hill to die on, this hill. And if you're afraid of what the New York Times might say about you because you're pushing back, then you do not, you do not deserve to be in high federal office. Get out. We're going to primary you and get out. We want fighters. We are in an existential war. The, the war is right here on our doorsteps. They're trying to silence you, if not want you totally dead. And we've got an opposition party that's still engaged in, in uh, polite conversation about all of this. No, you stand up and fight this ministry of lies. This is the hill to die on, Republicans. This one. Democrats lied that Trump colluded with Russia. Democrats lied that Hunter's laptop was Russian disinformation. Democrats lied that voter fraud was a myth. Democrats lied that masks and lockdowns worked. Democrats lied that vaccines would stop the spread. The lies from them are endless. And now Democrats say we need a ministry of truth to fight disinformation. They are the liars. They are the deceivers. They are the virus. Them. 
They are the virus. Communists, this is what they are. This is what they are doing. They are the virus. They are the liars. And we now find ourselves in an Orwellian funhouse of mirrors. And if we don't have fighters to stand up on our side and fight back, and by our side, I mean the American side. I mean the side of freedom. If we don't have those fighters, then they deserve to lose. We need to replace them. And our time is very short. As we say on the show, we ain't got time to bleed. I'm Monica Crowley, but before we go on, I just want to give a big warm welcome to a brand new sponsor, my good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow. He's come aboard with his fantastic new product, My Slipper. I've got all of the great MyPillow products, and now I've got the new My Slipper. They are the coziest slippers you will ever wear. They're designed to wear indoors and outdoors all day long. They are made with the MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Crowley. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the fabulous Giza Dream bed sheets, which I love, the MyPillow mattress topper, which I also have, and the MyPillow towel sets, which I also have. So call them at 800-313-9647 and use the promo code Crowley. Go get your warm, soft, brand new MySlippers. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I am absolutely delighted to welcome my good friend, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, of course, is one of our most invaluable thought leaders on the conservative and populist side. He is also a best-selling author, scholar, and public intellectual, 
And he's also an award-winning filmmaker. You've seen his movies in the past. They're all extraordinary. Well, now he's got a brand new documentary that is absolutely blockbuster. It's called 2000 Mules, and it shows us exactly how the 2020 election was rigged and stolen. You can see the virtual premiere, which is coming up on Saturday, May 7th at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, at the website 2000mules.com. The film will also screen in select theaters on Monday, May 2nd, and Wednesday, May 4th. So for all of the details, again, go to the website 2000mules.com. Dinesh, welcome. Monica, it's a real pleasure. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, of course, and it's so great to have you here. And congratulations on this remarkable and critically important film. Uh, you know, when we talk about election integrity, we, we talk on this podcast, Dinesh, about the two big issues without which you have no country. One is national sovereignty, meaning the wide open border. And the other, of course, is election integrity. If you have neither of those things, you have no country. So this film is so vitally important for everybody to understand what we just went through with the 2020 election and all of the, all of the fraud that was involved. So I want you to walk us through exactly what you found and let's start Dinesh at the beginning. We have been told over and over and over again by the fraudsters in the propaganda press that the 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. That's false, isn't it? Uh, that is absolutely false. And in fact, the people who say it could never back it up. If you were to say to them, well, how, how do you know it's the most secure election in history? What are you basing your blithe confidence on? They'll never know what to tell you. The best they can do is what the Associated Press did, which was they said, well, we've looked a year after the election in the courts, and we've only found in the five key swing states 475 cases of voter fraud. But see, this, Monica, has all the credibility of saying, we've only found 475 drug cases in these five states in the last year, therefore only 475 or fewer people in these five states use drugs. In other words, the cases that are filed in court are a tiny fraction of what's actually going on in the street. And the, the media shows no interest in this topic. As you know, it is the most censored topic in America. So there's social media censorship on the trans issue and abortion and climate change and COVID, but nowhere is the censorship more aggressive and extreme than if you simply mention the two words election fraud. Yeah. And, you know, Dinesh, we've also been told over and over again that there's no evidence of election fraud and that's how they've shut it all down. That's how they shut down the conversation. And if you dare to raise the issue, you're considered a conspiracy theorist suspended from Twitter and all the other social media platforms. But that assertion as well, that there's no evidence of election fraud from 2020 or that it's so negligible and so de minimis that it really doesn't matter. That's also false, isn't it? It's absolutely false. Now, I will say that uh, until recently, and really until the movie, 
um, what you had are episodic cases of fraud, or what you had are anomalies. And so, you know, why did the vote count suddenly stop simultaneously in the swing states on election night and then, you know, resume in the morning, apparently producing a different result? You saw videos, uh, Project Veritas had a video of a guy in Minneapolis on the street basically paying money to the guys to harvest votes. So the, the left has found it pretty easy to try to uh, portray those things as well. OK, well, that's one case, but, but how is that going to make a difference in a whole election? So the, what makes this movie, 2000 Mules, I think different is that it, it doesn't just talk about the possibility of fraud. It doesn't just talk about the fact that, you know, we have a bank and they stopped doing the surveillance and they told the security guards not to watch and they told the tellers not to do signature matching. But see, that would that would only prove it makes it easy to rob a bank. It wouldn't prove the bank was actually robbed. But this movie shows that they actually robbed the bank. It shows the election fraud in a coordinated, systematic way in all the five key states from Georgia to Arizona, to Wisconsin, to Michigan, to Pennsylvania, and voter fraud of a magnitude that far exceeds the vote difference between Trump and Biden in those five states. Great. And I really want to delve into this specifically with you. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza. His brand new documentary is called 2000 Mules, and it premieres next week. Uh, So you can go to the website, get all of the details on how you can watch it virtually and how you can go see it in select theaters. The website is 2000mules.com. And, you know, Dinesh, I mentioned to you before we came on the air, that my first job out of college, I worked with former President Richard Nixon, and we often talked about the 1960 presidential election, which was robbed from him. It was rigged in certain areas of America, uh, orchestrated by the old man Kennedy uh, to rob Nixon of that victory. So the point is that none of this is new, and it did not originate in 2020. Certainly, the Democrats have been perfecting voter fraud for a very long time. Let's talk about because you worked hand in glove with Catherine Engelbrecht, who is an amazing person. Her election integrity group is called True the Vote, and they've been on the scene watching our elections for a long time. Tell us a little bit about them and how you got involved with them. My wife, Debbie, has been friends with Catherine Engelbrecht for almost a decade now, right about the time that she started the group called True the Vote. Debbie was uh, trained by True the Vote as a sort of election observer, but also as a poll judge, literally working the election process. And in the Obama years, she noticed some pretty flagrant cases of election fraud, uh, particularly involving, you know, bilingual and Spanish speaking voters, where the literally the poll judges were telling the voters how to vote. They're like, let me show you how to fill out the ballot. Um, And Debbie would be like, and then they were shocked that my wife, you know, knew Spanish and busted them. So Debbie saw this stuff up close, and and I got to meet Catherine a few years ago, um, and I noticed that during the immediate aftermath of the election, when there were a lot of accusations of voter fraud flying around, uh, Catherine and True the Vote were largely silent. And I remember that Debbie and I kind of made a phone call about that time. We're like, hey, Catherine, like, what's going on here? We're hearing a lot of talk about, you know, machines and foreign hacking and this and that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, she goes, I think that if the Democrats were going to cheat, they would 
they would look at the ways in which the rules were changed really by their own side under COVID. Um, and they would take advantage of the vulnerabilities created by the new rules. Uh, and she goes, I think we may have a way that we know uh, to sort of track this. We don't know that there's been cheating, but if there has been, there might be a way to find out. And so we sort of stayed shoulder to shoulder with those guys through a process of several months uh, in which they were able to pursue this through a very novel approach called geo-tracking, which is basically the tracking of people's cell phones. We live in an age where our cell phones are embedded with innumerable apps. And these apps enable uh, people to know, aggregators so-called, to know our location. And not just our location like a snapshot in time, but our movement through time. So if they were geo-tracking me, they'd know I woke up at home. You know, let's just say I went and picked up coffee before going onto the studio to record my podcast. So geo-tracking enables a kind of a pattern of movement or a pattern of life in which you can follow someone. And this is a way to figure out what these so-called mules, a mule is nothing more than a paid political operative, were doing in the middle of the night in the period leading up to the election and on election day in the key states. So this is really critical because True the Vote, as you mentioned in the film 2000 Mules, Dinesh, that they have the largest store of election data on the 2020 election um, and that they were able to amass this information through this cell geotracking data with which they located these thousands of election mules. Now, is, is a mule sort of like, we, we think of drug mules coming across the, the border and they're transmitting a lot of fentanyl and other drugs into the country. Is an election mule like that? Is it someone who is transporting uh, large shares of votes into drop boxes and other areas? Yes, Um a, a mule in, in our context is very similar to a uh, sex trafficking or human trafficking or drug trafficking mule. The only difference is that this is ballot trafficking. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we are talking about a network of left-wing activist organizations, many of them so-called nonprofits, 501c3 organizations. These are organizations that are rooted in the inner city, places like Atlanta and Phoenix and Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia. And, and these uh, nonprofits serve as vote stash houses. They collect large numbers of illegal ballots or fraudulent ballots. Then they hire these mules who are essentially BLM, Antifa, left-wing radicals, but also people who care not just about ideology, but about money. And these mules are then paid to secretly, I mean, by secretly, I mean in the middle of the night, wearing gloves, uh, looking around to make sure no one's seeing them. They go from one drop box to another, to another, to another, dropping three votes over here, 10 votes over there, five votes over here. And the reason they do that is because if they were to drop 500 votes in one drop box, you would see a major surge the next morning and it would raise eyebrows and raise suspicion. So to avoid that suspicion, like the mailman, they go on a route in which they hit a whole bunch of drop boxes, dropping a few fraudulent votes into each. I have so many questions about this, Dinesh. The The first $10 million question that strikes me is, and, and you touched on this, but I really want you to reinforce this. Were the, these trafficked votes 
real votes that were simply bundled, harvested, and dropped off, or were they falsified fraudulent votes? They are fraudulent votes, but let's for a moment, uh, there is no way for hundreds of thousands of legitimate votes. If you're a legitimate voter sitting at home and you go, I'm feeling kind of lazy, I'd like to get my vote in, there is no way for these nonprofit organizations. By the way, nonprofit organizations are forbidden by law and by the IRS from engaging in electoral activity at all. They cannot uh, engage in electioneering that benefits one side or another, one candidate or another. So as it is, this activity is highly questionable. But let's put that for a moment to the side. There is simply no way for these nonprofit organizations to collect hundreds of thousands of lawful ballots. And and by the way, if they did, why be secretive about it? Why hire mules to go between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. in the morning to drop off these votes? Why tell them to take pictures so that they can get paid? Why tell them ultimately to uh, do this with gloves so that their fingerprints aren't going to be found on the 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 whole operation and the beauty of this movie, I think, Monica, is that you are actually able to see it on video. And we're talking about the official surveillance video of the states themselves. So anyone looking at that can see the truth of the matter. It's a little bit like we saw in the Kyle Rittenhouse situation where a detective testified, oh, the Antifa thugs weren't really running after Rittenhouse. They were just jogging in the same direction. But when you look at the video, you're like, no, they're chasing the guy. Similarly here, once you see the video, right away you go, this is a criminal operation. Everything about it stinks. Everything about it suggests that a kind of organized conspiracy is at work here. And you can see it for yourself. All right, let's hit a quick break. I have so many more questions about 2020 and then how we fix this, not just for November, but 24 as well. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza, his brand new documentary. It's so critically important. It's called 2000 Mules. Go to the website 2000mules.com for all of the information about how you can see it. Sit tight. We're back with Dinesh D'Souza, brand new documentary on the 2020 election fraud. It's called 2000 Mules, and the website is 2000mules.com. The film premieres next week, and if you go to the website, you can figure out exactly how to see it. And I recommend this to every American who cares about the future of this country. Um, Dinesh, let's talk a little bit about, you, you talk about the all of the mules, the thousands of mules that you were able to identify. It's all on surveillance tape as well, which is a big part of this movie. You say that these are left-wing activists. Um, they're, they're obviously recruited from groups like Antifa and so on. How were they paid? Where does this money coming, where's the money coming from? Who's financing this? So the answer to that is that we trace in the film a uh, a secret stash of um, in excess of a hundred million dollars that left wing donors and left wing foundations are pumping into nonprofits. Supposedly, this is for voter education and quote get out the vote. But I think in practice, or at least to some degree, the Democratic get out the vote means get out the mules. 
In other words, this has been uh, the fuel, or at least the available fuel, uh, to lubricate this uh, criminal operation. So um, the way to definitively trace the money trail is going to be up to law enforcement, by which I mean that True the Vote has the cell phone IDs the digital signatures of all these mules. And so law enforcement can easily step in. It's called unmasking. You go to the cell phone provider. You need to have court permission to do this. And you get the names of all these guys. You arrest them. These are all felonies being committed in, in front of your eyes. And you say, who paid you? Uh, how, how is this operation organized? Who put you up to it? So this is the logical next step that comes after the movie. And to me, the interesting question is, will there be political efforts to block this investigation from occurring, to prevent it from happening. Obviously, the people who are in power now have a strong interest in this investigation not occurring, Mm -hmm. including the man sitting in the Oval Office right now. Yes, that's exactly right, Dinesh. So I am not confident at all that we'll see any kind of criminal prosecution on this. Is there any link to what Mark Zuckerberg was doing on the other hand, which was the half a billion dollars targeted into these swing state areas? areas uh, to get these operations, paying these operations uh, to actually run the election month and then election day. Is there any kind of linkage there at all? Uh, Yes, for sure. Now, I'm not saying that Mark Zuckerberg knew about this illegal operation. I don't know if he did or not. But what I am saying is that his actions uh, through the Silicon Valley Foundation and others, various groups, enabled it. And I say that because it isn't just that the cities and the counties wanted to have these mail-in drop boxes and Zuckerberg graciously said, you know what, I'll pay for it. No. What happened is that the Zuckerberg organizations went to these cities and counties and basically said, listen, we've got a whole bunch of money to give you, but we're not going to give it to you unless you have all these mail-in drop boxes and then designated them, designating them for these heavily democratic urban areas. So what I'm saying is private money from the outside muscled these states and counties into installing these mail-in drop boxes, which became a critical part of the criminal mule operation. Yes, and you talk about how this is organized crime, and I cannot agree more. Obviously, this was orchestrated right down to the precinct level and to the drop box level. So you mentioned uh, before the break, Dinesh, about how in many of these areas, the vote count was just shut down in the middle of the night. And I remember being in the White House on election night, and all of a sudden we're hearing on, on Fox and elsewhere, well, they just decided to go home and stop the counting, which has never happened uh, during a presidential election in American history. And everybody was scratching their heads going, what is going on? And they made up these stories about a burst pipe in Atlanta or some stupid thing like that. And then they said, well, don't worry about it. We'll resume at like 9 a.m., It made no sense. Does the movie argue that one of the reasons why they shut down the vote count in Georgia and Philadelphia and other places where all of this corruption was taking place was to get these mules on the scene and to these drop boxes? Well, the movie doesn't try to explain all the anomalies, in part because that would take it down a side road where you'd have to now present all the competing explanations and then try to resolve why this explanation fits uh, those facts better. The reason we don't have to do all that, it's kind of like trying to figure out 
whether or not there was a bank robbery, by trying to decide what the criminals did before and why they were acting suspiciously the night before and why they were why they didn't show up where they were supposed to show up. What I'm getting at is we actually can show them robbing the bank. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to sort of infer the robbery when you can actually witness it. I mean, I don't think these guys realized that their cell phones would provide, in a sense, their digital DNA or their digital fingerprint. We can locate them on the scene. There's nothing they can do today to now hide that. And number two, they're on surveillance video. And as I mentioned, this is not surveillance video of some guy sitting in his truck and turning on his you know, his, 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 his phone camera. This is the official surveillance video of the states themselves. Now, you might say, well, why didn't somebody find it before? The reason is that they didn't know where to look. The beauty of the geo-tracking is it tells you where to look. If you can find the geo-tracking on, let's say, my phone, and I'm going in the middle of the night, let's just say the day before the election, from one Dropbox to another to another, then all that Greg Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht and their team needs to do is say, okay, let's now go to the relevant surveillance camera, if you happen to have it, not all places add uh, adequate surveillance, but you look at the at the surveillance camera and there I am. So mm. the geo tracking tells you where to look and the video confirms the validity of the geo tracking. Yeah, it's fascinating because they thought through the fraud in so many other different aspects and angles to it. But the surveillance cameras, they, they did not think that through. Um, the other $10 million question that's been haunting me, Dinesh, is was the magnitude of the vote trafficking that you portray and that you expose in 2000 Mules, was that enough to sway the 2020 election result? So this question is uh, very um, uh, carefully, uh, elaborately, and definitively answered in the movie. And and it's answered in, in sort of two ways. You could almost call it I don't use this phrase in the movie, but it'll help us to talk about it, almost like Model A and Model B. And to explain what I'm what I'm talking about here, it's sort of like this. Let's say you're trying to estimate the number of ants on your front porch and it's at night. So you go out with a flashlight and you turn on your flashlight and makes a big circle of light and you count the ants inside the circle of light. So the first question you want to ask is, are the number of ants that you can see? in this case, are the number of illegal votes that you can you can track enough by themselves to make a difference in the election? And, and you answer that question. But then you have to ask a broader question, which is obviously the light is not counting. It's not covering the entire porch. So there's a whole lot of ants who aren't captured by the light. So can you estimate the overall number of ants on the porch based on the ants that you do see? So that you can see how that's there are two different ways. Let's call it the conservative way and the kind of broader way of looking at the problem. And let me just say that we look at this with a kind of clarity and rigor and we're able to definitively answer the question of who won the 2020 election. Fascinating. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza. His latest documentary is so vitally important. It's called 2000 Mules. The website is 2000mules.com. So go there for all the information about the film. All right. So Dinesh, how do we fix this? What do we need to do to make sure that this never happens again? Well, I, I got to say, Monica, you know, initially when I began this research, I thought to myself, well, look, there's not, you know, not a whole lot we can do about 2020. We can't look in the rear view mirror. It's, it's time to look ahead. It's time to, um, it's time to plan for the next one. It's time to prevent what happened before. 
But but as as I've thought about this more, the more I've realized that that is actually a little bit too hasty of a conclusion for two reasons. Um, you know, one way to look at it is, OK, you know, you, we, we enter the World Series. Uh, it was rigged. We lost. Let's make sure the next one isn't rigged. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is that, you know, if Lance Armstrong cheated five times or six times and won the Tour de France, does he get to keep his medals? To which the answer is obviously no. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, if the if the fruits of victory are the result of of a criminal conspiracy, uh, how can you just blithely go? Well, you know what? That's all right. We'll just let him hang on to that stuff, you know, and we'll make sure the next Tour de France is conducted with little more care. So I think we are in a very interesting position where we don't really know what to do, and quite frankly, the Constitution doesn't anticipate a situation where you have a presidential election decided the um, both houses of congress approve uh, the account of the electors and then it emerges later that there is coordinated and systematic fraud again you know you mentioned the nixon election okay there was probably some fraud in texas there was almost surely fraud in cook county illinois mm-hmm. but here we're talking about planned and organized fraud in the exact critical states, which were known in advance to be the ones where the election would be decided. We happened to look there and sure enough, there are the criminals doing their thing. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about 2020, you had this unbelievable and unprecedented mix of fraud between big tech, big tech's money, and then the kind of old school fraud that you expose in 2000 Mules, which is a physical person with fraudulent ballots going on a route, dumping them in drop boxes, you know, where they leveraged the COVID uh, pandemic to change rules uh, on the state level at the last minute and so on. You've had this mix of a very high tech and very low tech fraud all coming together in 2020. I know, Dinesh, that a lot of states, or at least a number of states, have taken action to block this kind of thing, but is it enough? And are we better prepared for this kind of fraud for not just November, but 2024? Some of the measures in the voter integrity laws are obviously uh, make sense. So uh, voter ID, you know, a no brainer. Right. Uh, the yeah. idea of strengthening signature matching, because I mean, think about it. When you get a an absentee ballot or a mail in ballot, the voter is not present. All you have is an envelope with a ballot inside it. And the only signature appears not on the ballot, but on the outer envelope. If you don't carefully match that signature with the signature that's on file, then basically you have no idea. You're not even attempting to really verify if this is an eligible voter in the first place, or is it someone who died or someone who moved or someone who might have voted elsewhere? You're, so so these measures, and, and also, by the way, measures that outlaw private money of the Zuckerberg's uh, caliber from funding and infiltrating election offices, uh, all of that, I think, is to the good. Uh, I have you know, a number of ideas that I think are also important, and, and one of them is just simply mandatory electronic surveillance on all drop boxes. Now, this is actually in the election rules themselves, and a lot of states basically said, well, yeah, we'll do it, but then they didn't. Uh, they just didn't do it. And so the video we have 
in the movie. I wish we had extensive video from all the five states, but it turns out we have video from only three. Uh, and the other two states said they would do it and they didn't do it. Now, there might be some video in Philadelphia we haven't gotten yet. But what I'm getting at is that the states use the pretext of COVID to, uh, in a sense, do things in a haphazard way. And that happened to dovetail beautifully with this uh, elaborate and really rather ingeniously conceived mechanism of cheating. Mm -hmm. Well, without free and fair elections, we have no country. And if Americans don't have confidence in our elections, we are nowhere. So I want to thank you so much for your work on this, Dinesh. You know, we can't worry about 2022 or 2024 until we know exactly what happened in 2020. And we fix it so that it never happens again. And this film, 2000 Mules, goes a long way to getting us there. So thank you for your work on this. Dinesh D'Souza, the new film is called 2000 Mules. Go to the website 2000mules.com because the virtual premiere is coming up this week. It's also going to be shown in select theaters around the country on Monday and Wednesday next week. So please go check it out, 2000mules.com. Dinesh, thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, time to hit the email bag of goodies on this Friday. Send me an email to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I take a look at all the emails that come in and I may read yours on the air. Philip writes, thanks, Monica, for your take on the Durham investigation. I'm hoping some actual consequences come as a result. Equal justice and no one above the law. And for the record, I like the music for your podcast. When I hear it, I know it's your podcast. You could try something else, though. Whatever you like is fine with me. See, Philip is so easy. He's easy. He's an easy listener. I like that. But I also, guys, I also really appreciated your feedback on the music. We've got a couple of more emails about it. We are going to switch up the music. uh, And we'll do that relatively soon. I think we might have a better one. And then we'll do a poll Uh, by you guys and see if you like the new song. All right. John in Los Angeles writes, Monica, what do you think the impact of no voter ID and mass mail-in ballots will have on the midterm elections? Well, thank you for that question, John. You know, we just spoke to Dinesh D'Souza about uh, what happened in 2020 with uh, the leveraging of COVID and the vote trafficking, the drop boxes, no ID and so on. I do think that they're going to try to spring a new variant on us in the fall. Come September, October, you're going to hear about a dangerous new COVID variant because they're going to want to continue this process of just a a giant free-for-all in terms of no voter ID and uh, the ability to traffic votes um, and harvest votes and things like that from nursing homes and other areas where they can just grab up a whole bunch of fraudulent ballots or what the other thing that they were doing was they would go into nursing homes and they'd have the elderly who were in there and didn't know what was happening signing off on ballots. They want to be able to continue to do that because they can't win otherwise. So um, I think that the the impact, again, I ask where the Republicans are on this. The head of the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, says that they're all over it. I, I, I like her, but I'm not sure that I trust that. I don't necessarily think that they are on top of it. I mean, guys, I said 
I have been saying now since 2020, and I was at Treasury, so it's not part of the campaign, but I was talking to people on the campaign, and I remember saying, guys, the left, the communists in this country view Donald Trump as an existential threat. They have been trying to destroy him for five or six years now, literally with the kitchen sink. They've thrown everything at him. Therefore, why wouldn't we think that they would try to steal the election? And therefore, why weren't we better prepared? Nobody could really answer that question. And yet here we are, John, thank you for your question to me. I, I would hope that we are better prepared. You heard Dinesh on this subject. I am not particularly confident that we are, though. And you know what? Then shame on us. Because as I said at the top of the show, we need fighters who are willing to get into the dirt with the communists. This is now a street-level fight. And if we're not prepared, shame on us. All right, keep those emails coming, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com, also on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. Have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you right back here on Monday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.